country i don't know if anybody's doing it. it's called cow pop cow, cow pop we got a full <laughs> brand for it now goes with cow dude cow dude listens to cow pop i love it and it's lo-fi don't you like lo-fi i do that maybe that when i'm working behind the beat throw it on in the back you know way behind the beat way <clears throat> trenton is your last name fletcher nope johnson Trenton Johnson. There it is. Do you go by Trenton or Trent? I go by pretty much anything uh, that people call me. Trenton's my homie. 613 Media out of Fort Worth, Texas. We were chatting recently uh, about how hard you hustle, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about your hustle, that hustle factor. Oh, yeah? The same as Chance the Rapper and his hustle factor. Hey, man, that that guy does hustle. Isn't that the hat? Yeah. 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 So how you been? Man, I've been good. Yeah? Been good. Been staying busy. Uh, no complaints. Life's a little crazy sometimes. Balancing uh, personal and family. But Yeah, for sure. I mean, personal and business. But How long ago did you get married? Man, I got married uh, in June, uh, yeah, June 13th, 2020. Yeah. So, well, legally, our actual Oh, life. 2020. Yeah, yeah so it's been year. over a year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Specifically, how many months have you been married? Ooh, that's my wife. You got to know that, dude. Do I? Yeah, the other night at a show, I said, uh, I was introducing a song, and I said, I think I've been married about three years. Yikes. And I was like, good gosh, that didn't sound good. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. See, I was actually pretty smart. We uh, we planned our wedding on 613 so that if I ever forget it, I mean, that I've got to really try. Yeah, that was uh, a little narcissistic almost, right? <laughs> well, that's what 613 is. That's why you came up with the name of the company? That's actually, everybody's always like, what area code is that? I'm like, actually, if you look, it's Wedding Canadian. Day. No, it's just me and my wife's numbers. What do you mean numbers? Together. I uh, Like favorite numbers? Yeah, I played baseball through high school. My dad. Oh, I, played, I didn't know that. Yeah, I played baseball through high school, and my dad played baseball and all that. And like, Through the lineage, our number was six. And then when I met my wife, girlfriend at the time, I guess, she played basketball and her dad played basketball and all that. And their lineage was 13. 13. Yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to get married on that day. Oh, yeah. 613. That way I huh. never forget my anniversary. Yeah, that was smart. Mine was super random. Your uh, anniversary? Yeah. The day? Yeah. There was really no rhyme or reason. I guess I should have put more thought into it. It kind of makes me feel bad. Well, that was, was a good idea. Listen, your name is your name's brand. Ours is a, a day or like a, a numbers. You couldn't really do that with Jared Morris. That is true. Oh, you probably could. I think all num all letters kind of have like a number reference, don't they? Like T nine, like the old texting. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. You won't understand the name unless you type it into a phone. You could then plan ahead, like kind of when you were texting. Oh, yeah. It also got to a point where you didn't even have to look at it, right? Hit it three times for T or whatever. Yeah, dude. T T nine T nine T nine. That's, that's my rapper name. <laughs> T nine. It. I think there's already one. Tech nine, maybe. Tech nine. Wasn't that a rapper? Absolutely. I need to brush up on my. If I'm going to use that lo-fi hip-hop beat for this, 
I'm going to need to brush up, I think. I love the lo-fi. Get back to my roots. Yeah. <laughs> Your humble home of Decatur, Texas. <laughs> yeah, dude. But Decatur, Texas, you know we're known for, for our rap game. You have to look for it, but it's there. <laughs> so anyways, uh, shooting photography, yep. videography. Mm-hmm. You, pr- you pretty much do like every musician that I know of. I really? usually see you popping up. That's funny. Uh-huh. I guess that's a good thing, question mark. Yeah, for sure, man. I actually kind of feel bad because when you this would be a great time to talk about this too, because I don't think we I've ever brought it up before. Oh man. But Perfect. I was going through my Instagram mm-hmm. or I think I sent you a message recently on Instagram or something. And now we're buddies. So this makes it even funnier. But I went to the top of it. Are we just are we just now buddies? Can we click? <clears> yeah, just now. That's good. Yeah, yeah. We just became buds. Well, you have a nice handshake, you know? So we just shook hands earlier. And I was like, I've known you for a while, but that was a good handshake. Good. And I was like, we're officially friends. That makes me feel great. <laughs> but I went I to the top, I went to the top of the, our Instagram conversation and, uh, and you had, and this is like years ago, but you would hit, you would hit your boy up and you were, yeah. can I pull it up? I would love, love it. This is so funny. Uh, cause this I probably, probably when I was still using the other name before 613 no, media. You think so? Maybe. The first name was Texan Marketing, which let me tell you what. You ever really, really want to single yourself out? It was called what? Texan Marketing. Awful. Oh, Texan. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's fancy, dude. Tell you what. Not really. Texan Marketing. The other 49 states don't want anything to do with you. Text and marketing. Texan. (laughs) T9 Marketing. Yeah, dude. This is from, uh, oh my gosh, 2017. Yes. It just says, hey, brother, wanted to reach. Well, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> like I could have done it a little bit more natural. Hey, do, do my voice, please. Whatever. Hey, brother. <laughs> do you want me to do my impersonation of you? Like exactly how you sound? Hit me. Hey, brother. <laughs> wanted to check. Wanted to reach out and introduce ourselves. That's exactly what you sound like. <laughs> I love that. You said wanted to reach out and introduce ourselves. We have... Uh, we have been doing music videos and photos for lots in the Texas country music scene. Would love to talk about possibly working with you. Let me know, man. Love Thumbs it. up. Uh, 2017. And then so I responded in 2020. <laughs> Very timely. Dude, and... What's so funny about this is like, I definitely met you before that then, because I think I met you in 2018. Well, because my response in 2020 was, I thought I had got your number, but I guess I didn't. Mine is, (laughs) and then I gave you my phone number. (laughs) So, and what's so funny is this just shows you how much of an idiot I am, because like when you sent me that original message, I was in desperate need of like photos and somebody that could do video and all that type of stuff. But I'm such a moron. Like, (laughs) Don't call yourself. Somebody that. sends that to me, and I like I don't even respond. Um, listen, if anybody's trying to get in touch with me, by now people should know I'm I'm the worst texter you've ever seen. Yeah, dude. I mean, if anybody wants to reach out to me, just call me, please. I don't know what's wrong with me in texting, but it's it's bad. I'm even bad with phone calls. Really? Like if we're being honest, I'm mm-hmm. great with phone calls. I'll talk forever. That's the problem. For real? Mm-hmm. Oh, you do like to talk. You are a chatter. Yeah, chit chat. Like some chit chat. Little chit chat. I enjoy it. I talk to you a lot while I'm working. Yeah. 
Yelling at horses. Yeah. Hold still. I think, I know, but most of the time, we've had a lot of conversations. Absolutely. I'm just shooing. Mm -hmm. And we just chit chat. What's that noise? Grinding. But I guess, uh, so even that message though, that kind of goes to the, the heart of most of it that I love about you is the grind and building Mm -hmm. something out of nothing. Taking a chance. Taking a chance. Yes. Because when you started, you had, you already had a, uh, a career going on and you yeah, were man. making pretty good money and you, yeah. and you were like, no, I got to do this. Yeah. I stepped out of a career that I was, I guess I back it up. I was going to school for marketing, like business management slash marketing. Yeah. At Texas state. And I thought, you know, I had this nice little plan four years, you know, do the thing, get out, buy a house or something, get a career, whatever. Had you were going idea. to Texas state? Mm-hmm. San Marcos. Uh, had this little idea and then my uh man life you know we plan god laughs because i've never heard that yeah yeah because that's the truth man i had this plan and everything was like upside down in a good way right i had to change to be uh, it was an uncomfortable change at the time but afterwards it was good i moved home dropped out of school did all that and actually ended up getting the job after i got home that i would have wanted had I finished out my degree. Really? Yeah, because uh, there was like an environmental company here that kind of took a chance on me and let me be their director of marketing. And I was like, man, this is cool. In Fort Worth? Mm-hmm. I was like, man, if I have that on my resume, that's kind of what I was, after I would have finished my degree, that's what I would have shot for anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I was like, let's start there. So I started and I was like, if I ever need it, I guess I could go back. But never really had the drive to go back. Not that... I don't think college is good. It just wasn't necessary. Well, why'd you for drop me. out the first time? I dropped out because uh, kind of a couple factors. One, my parents both got sick in the same uh, time space, same year. So my dad had dealing with crazy back surgeries. My mom has a neurological condition, oh. and uh, it was crazy. So we were. It was just very odd at the time because she was getting sick trying to take care of him, and he was sick because of the surgeries, and it was messy. So at the time, I was like, I'll come home, take care of them, go back to school, do whatever. And then I came home. I was home for like three or four months. And I met my wife now. And after I started, I met her, I was like, man, this is cool. Got a good job here. Met her here. Kind of, it was uncomfortable at first after I moved home, obviously. Go out on your own, lease your own house, go to school, then come back, move back in with your parents. It's kind of humbling. But for like a year and a half, I just did nothing but work and put money away and take care of them and kind of just hang. But you were working for this other company at, at that the point, time. right? Mm-hmm. Well, who was that? It was called CG Environmental. Okay. They're based out of Fort Worth. It was an environmental company. And, uh, and what y'all like went and like protested at like rodeos or something? <laughs> Animal rights? <laughs> a little, little <laughs> off, just to touch off on that one. You'd stand out in front of like gas leases, mm-hmm. pick it. <laughs> No more drilling. <laughs> no more drilling. No, we did a, it's kind of weird. It was like a emergency response. So like, you know, 18 wheeler flips over on the highway, gas everywhere. We were yeah, the company. Okay. We were the company that uh, like the, the highway actually would call to come um, clean all that up. So how would that company have been in terms of like marketing? What would you have been doing? Uh, we basically, I, when I got there, man, I went through and set up a lot of like the branding. There was a lot of branding that, they had 
set in motion, but kind of directed in a couple ways. And so came in, tried to help them get everything, you know, back in line, one look, one brand, um, same colors, you know, kind of the basics, like yeah. the foundation for your house. And then, um, did a website, started getting like the word of mouth, trying to get like the Google and the Google AdWords and, you know, all of the SEO right for the site, like everything that you need to kind of drive natural traffic to the site. And so, um, started doing that. And I mean, man, it went really well. What year was this? Let's see. It would have been 2016. Oh yeah. It wasn't all that long ago. Mm -mm. So when you say SEO, Mm -hmm. what is that? Search engine optimization. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like words that people would use to help find you on Google. Yeah. Right. You know, they type in handsome, they type in cowboy, whatever. Jared Moore is going to come up. Okay. Right. I see what you did there. I appreciate it. Uh, what I do there? Uh, you call me a handsome cowboy. Oh, I like that. I was throwing <laughs> hypothetical words out there. <laughs> totally hypothetical. Hypothetical. I'll lean into it. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. SEO. But it, engine optimization. So in general, though, most of that stuff, isn't it? Doing SEO, do you, you try to just create as many like data points online as you can, right? I always thought of it like a bank, right? Like if, you had to, if I had to explain it like at a rudimentary level, I'd say it was like a bank of every time someone used the word country music and then they clicked on Jared Morse, uh-huh. right? It would add that word country music to your website. It would associate that word country music to you. So okay. the next time someone used the word country music, you might pop up higher in that search because Google goes, oh, this guy's country music. You know this. So the more words, the more descriptors, the more terms, basically, that you can associate with your brand through your site, through your pages, through your blog, through whatever. Ah, okay. It helps people find you. SEO makes you findable, basically. How, how much does that apply nowadays? Is it, if I feel... Um, I, oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's still just as important? Very much so. Yeah. Very okay. much so. It's like... SEO and AdWords kind of work together to uh, basically when you're on Google and you type in a brand and they pop up higher, that's why. So you've actually had a lot of experience with like the technical side of marketing. That's what the first, I would say the job out of college was definitely more technical, less creative. It was creative to a certain extent, but I was working with a team of other people that were creating. I was doing more planning, less creating. Mm. And then I went from there to a coupon company. And coupons coupons the tech company uh and what was that one called cuples q-p-l-e-s it was actually my parents company really mm-hmm. so they're kind of techie people my dad's a programmer ah it's all making sense yeah and what's very funny is i came back from school and i went to their company first i was like hey i would love a job you know marketing give me a chance and I didn't even get to talk to my parents about it. I talked to their CEO, COO at the time, and she told me no. So that was kind of like, God. Well, how, what do you mean? How did that conversation go? Like you just went in? Oh, no. I had to do it. I did it full professional. You okay. Know, sent in 30, 60, 90-day plan, full resume, like, you know, the whole nine. Just like, like it wasn't my parents' company because at the end of the day, I, they had no say in it. And so I was like, went in, talked to the COO. She basically told me, like, Trenton, we would love to have you, just not quite ready yet. And I was like, well, that sucks. That's better than just a straight up no. Absolutely. Absolutely. So after I went to that environmental company, I was there about a year and some change, year and a half, something like that. And they called me one day. And they were like, hey, 
we've been Brett, the same lady that I had talked to, the CEO of, she had called me and she, she was like, Hey, we just freed up a marketing position and we could use some help marketing. And I was like, Oh, this is funny. Okay. Kind of like full circle, right? Yeah, sure. She was like, we've been watching kind of get your skills, you know, in place, figure out, you know, the basics. And I think now you're ready. Like, awesome. Yeah. So that felt like cool growth. So I went over there, worked there, um, I guess leading up until I quit there to do this full time. How long did you work there? Another year. Were you still living at home? No. No, I bought a house four or five days before I turned 21. And so I'm 25 now, so about five years ago. That's pretty cool. You yeah. bought your first place before you were 21? Yeah, that was my goal. That's pretty rare. Yeah, I guess. I had kind of unfair advantage because when I dropped out of school and I moved back, I had basically a year and some change of not doing much but working and putting away money. And I was at home, no overhead, no bills. Yeah, but that's not it. I wouldn't say that's an unfair advantage. I would say that's definitely something that most people, most younger people would be unwilling to do. Move back home, cut expenses. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I would have been unwilling to do it. To at first, I was unwilling. And then, you know, I started feeling more comfortable and it works out. Yeah. You know, well, then you were be- able to buy your own place before you were 21. Yeah, yeah. Me and my wife did things kind of out of order. We started dating, and then we were. She was a trooper. She lived with me in my parents' house for a while. Because, Whoa. Yeah. So that was that was crazy. I don't know how she did that. Big ups to her because that must have been not the most fun. And then uh, we were there like six months, and then we started looking for a place, and it worked out because my best friend, like one of my best friends, Ryan, he's a uh, loan officer. So that was nice. And my brother's a real estate agent. Got you that hookup. Yeah, so the yeah. brother, my brother found us a bunch of houses, and then my best friend ended up doing the loan on the house uh, so that we could, you know, figure all that out. And we were new to it, so it was nice to have somebody that we knew to be like, hey, this is what you're looking for, this is what you're not looking for. Yeah. Um, and it was cool because without Ryan, probably wouldn't have, would have been harder because people were, like, laughing at us because we were 20 trying to buy a house. And they're like, oh, yeah, come on. So – you finally moved out, and then you moved over to this other company, mm-hmm. and you worked there for how long? About a year. About a year. And then I left there, and after, I would say things over here got too busy, in a good way. Oh, so you were like hustling some stuff on your own at that same time? Absolutely. Okay. Basically, when I started with well, because when you sent me that message, twenty seventeen, you would have been. I was. I would have been working, working or just ending at Cupels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. I did that for like a year where I was balancing both. And I would basically work from eight to five, get off, go home, shoot a lot of nights, go shoot a show, mm-hmm. come home and edit till two or three and go to sleep and wake up at like seven or eight and keep going. And did that for a while until it became too much. I was really stubborn. I was like, I was scared, quite frankly. I was scared to leave. I think that's a big problem is like a lot of people that are working for somebody else that want to start their own company it's scary you're like standing on the edge of do i just jump and hope i learn how to fly like on the way down yeah take that take that leap or do i just like stay here until i can build a bridge across and walk over to my other company which do you think is better i would say there's a happy medium i would say put enough i would say you can't really hold on to both for the longest time and expect both to grow like you want them to feel like you're giving 50 50 percent you know at that point 
but I would say. So are you saying at some point you have to go full in? Yeah, definitely. In my opinion, but not necessarily from the get go. I didn't. So, I mean, I can't speak to what other people do, but I could tell you, I didn't, Hmm. I wanted to, I got some hustling done, right? Shaking hands, meeting people, planting seeds, getting to know the industry, the music industry. It's a scary place. When I first walked into it, I was like, whoa, there's a lot going on here. In what way? There's so many moving components, so many pieces. You got managers, you got labels, you got artists. You know, it's very complex. Businesses are normally just businesses. Sure. Right? Yeah. And so that's different. But music, a whole different world. You got venues, you got fans. You know, it's like, it's depthy. But uh, also trying to figure out, quite frankly, how to create a living inside music was interesting too. Because... You can only charge so much for a show. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Before it feels unfair for the artist. Or like to a point where I'm like, hey, I wouldn't do that either. So I'm, why would you do that? Okay. So interesting. But I guess for about a year, it was like balance, balance, balance. And then I finally got a couple pieces in place, met some people. Um, I had a band that was like taking a chance on me, Shotgun Rider. They were the first people that I ever went out with. And I basically told them like, hey, I have zero, zero idea what I'm doing but would love to come out and mess stuff up until I uh, figure out what I'm doing. Hmm. I won't charge you nothing. Yeah. And I was like, but if I do figure it out, then let's talk about, you know, making it something real. They were like, deal, we got absolutely nothing to lose there. So went out and did that and kind of got bit by that bug of, whoa, this is fun. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Totally. That was kind of in that year. And uh, I would go out on the road with them and come home and, Something clicked at some point, and I was like, whoa, every one of these dudes has an opener or a headliner. For him or after him, I'm already here. Let's go to these guys. I was like, hey, I'm already here. I'm Trenton, 613, or Texan Marketing at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to shoot for you, Well, man. people don't the, – the reason that that makes it so funny is, like, now, it's, I mean, you've done, you've done a lot of work with, like, Parker. Mm-hmm. I mean, you created his new, and then you also do like graphic design stuff too. Like you did his album cover or that single for um, Pretty Heart. Mm-hmm. So it's like on the now it's it's funny, but you probably get it a lot with that whole. There's a lot of people that try to denigrate where when people have some success and they try to apply excuses to it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it must be easy. I mean, he gets to shoot stuff for Parker. It's like, yeah, but you didn't see him when some idiot like me is blowing you off four years ago, you know? So like how many people do you think that you were hustling like that? And I don't mean that like in a bad way, Um, but just cold going after people and just trying to get your name out there. Was that a pretty active thing? Just, I had set a goal to do it daily. Yeah. And I don't know a lot. Uh, I've never, I don't know if I could go in and count that up. Mm. Or if I ever have, but I do know like how many people I reached out to because that'd be a lot. Uh, I would say, though, realistically, within the first two years, I had worked with over 150 artists and bands or groups, mm. and that was good. But it also had its downside. Its downside was I felt like every weekend or every show it was like the new guy at school. Like, hey, man, nice to meet you. I'm Trenton. I'm Trenton. I'm Trenton. I'm Trenton. And so. It was cool, but also I found comfort in working with people over and over again. That's kind of what I fell in love with because then I get to know people. There's a brand. There's a We have a history. It's not like every time brand new. So I would say that in the first two years, like 150 artists, and that was it was almost 
it wasn't too much, but it was overwhelming, right? Uh, but I will say it had so many upsides. And actually, I talked to Parker about it one day. Um, I was just curious. I just asked him one day. I was like, hey, why? We were sitting in the back of the bus. I was why, why me? Like, why, why am I doing this with you? I was just curious, generally curious. Mm-hmm. And he told me, it's like, man, at the time, the first time you ever came out and you shot, Oh man, I don't even know where we were. Oh, it was Billy Bob's. And he said, you didn't charge us nothing. I said, right. He said, but Nar, their TM at the time, he's been a homie for a while. And uh, I guess him and Parker had a conversation about it. And he was like, yeah, how much do we owe? And he was like, nothing. I was like, what are you talking about? He, was like, he just said that if he liked it, just to have him back out. And there you go. That, that was kind of what started. And Parker told me that that day. And I was like, man, that's really cool. It was like the first time in three years I had ever had anybody say, hey, that was, that was the reason. And at first it might have felt like, you know. That's the first person that realized that? Probably not that realized it, but maybe the first person to tell me. Sure. Also, I didn't ask that question to a lot of people. Hey, hey why me? Why do you love me? But <laughs> I don't know if that was it. <laughs> Why do you think I'm great? It was more of like a why why am I here and not some other guy? Sure, I got you. And I wanted to know, I was just curious. Cause I don't know. You know well, you gotta know that type of stuff. As an artist, you doubt yourself all the time. hundred percent. Do you feel do you see a big conflict between the artist side and creative side and then just like pure organization, get stuff done, implementation side? Or do you you seem to bridge that pretty well? Yeah, there's a there's definitely a spot where all that comes together, in my opinion. Like releases, like for for music, I feel like anytime someone's dropping music, that's an opportunity to combine everything that we do: graphics, photo, video, you know, all in one. Um, I've worked with a couple other companies and you know different brands where I've done releases with them, and it's cool because everybody comes together to work on it as a whole. Um, but as you have a different photographer and a different videographer and a different graphic designer working on all the pieces, you end up with a product that is together, but it might not be as unison as if one mind or a few minds were working on all three together. Mm. So I felt like that was kind of a cool spot to get to combine everything. And with releases comes planning because to me, marketing and media and all that's just planning. I feel like if you can, you can figure out your plan for 12 to 16 weeks down the road, right? Fill in your gaps, get some kind of something on paper. It's easier to follow than mm. every day waking up and just being like, what should I do today? Gosh, you sound like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Write down your goals, boy. <laughs> That's my OCD talking. It's good though. It's true. Like it, It's the type of stuff that you resist when you're young. Oh, absolutely. Me and too. then at some point you're like, gosh, I have to do it. I give in. Yeah. Yeah. I need an agenda. Here I am writing my lists. I used to get written up every day because I would never fill out my agenda. And now it's, I have this laundry list of just An agenda. Stuff. You don't remember that word? Like we had. I know the word agenda. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard that word before? You never heard that word? Agenda. Uh, yeah, man. You had to keep, like in elementary school, you had to keep an agenda. And uh, you'd, I'd, I'd have to take it home and like get one of my parents to sign it. Like a calendar? Correct. That is a synonym. <laughs> do you remember that word, too? <laughs> now that I've wrapped my brain, I actually do know the word calendar as well. Wow. That one actually rings closer than agenda. Oh, look, I'm all about added value here. 
learn something new every day. But yeah, I'd have to get my agenda signed. But then if you didn't, you would get written up. But when I was in elementary school and middle school, I went to a Christian school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like punishment was you couldn't go to recess, but you had to just write. They would give you a Bible verse and you had to write it over and over for the entire recess. So it's 45 minutes of like, I did that. Really? I went to a private Christian private school too. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Dude, homies. That's what I'm talking yes. about. Been through the trenches. But you guys together. didn't have agendas. I guess not. Maybe wow. we had calendars. <laughs> It is possible. Did you have to get your calendar signed? I don't know if this is incriminating, but in all transparency, I got nothing signed like through my whole school career. In like my sixth sixth grade year, I learned how to sign my dad's signature, and he was like, Ooh. "That's dead on." And so then it was just like, "Hey, that's, he said that's dead on." Oh yeah, I think he. <laughs> I, mean, I think he was proud. Makes my of job me. easier. Literally, he was like, "Oh, you got an agenda? Just sign it yourself." <laughs> <laughs> See, I guess I wasn't smart enough. I was like, what should I do? I got to go ask him. I don't know how to do it. It was nice, though, because I get to class and they'd be like, everybody turn in your agendas. And I'd be like, oh, God, I didn't get one signed. So you did have to get your agenda signed. You just signed it yourself. I was just filling an agenda so that there was some common ground. At Christian school. It was at Christian school. Mm. Christian school sounds strange. Can we call it? (laughs) Does it? I think they call it private school. (laughs) Or they call it private Christian but just Christian school. Christian school. Which is weird because they call it saying Catholic school isn't weird. Like I went to Catholic school. Is but it? when you say I went to Christian school, it does sound a little odd. I don't know why. I went to Bible believing Christian school. <laughs> wow. A little hyper specific. Deep. Yeah. What's cool? I went to Liberty mm. in Denton. Yep. We played Joe in baseball. Did you go to Fort Worth Christian? I went to Grace Prep. <sighs> Did you see how fired up I was getting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Were you a cardinal? No. <laughs> Never. Is that what Forest Christian is? I don't even remember. Yeah. Are they really cardinals? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're dead on with that I one. don't even remember that. We might both be wrong, but I'm 90 That sounds sure. right. Yeah. Because I think they were red. Mm-hmm. A little red cardinal. We were the lions. Right. Grace Prep. Mm-hmm. Was that in Fort Worth? South Arlington. Hmm. Did we really play each other? I left when I was in like the eighth grade. Oh, yeah. We really played each other. Trying to think what y'all's field looked like. Well, that would have been. Was it the one that was like sunk down? High back wall? Negative. It would have been in Denton, it, like right across from uh, where the new UNT stadium is. That's where the old Liberty Christian was. Now it's enormous. I don't remember what it looks like. Okay, so that was when we. I never went to well, the Well, how in old Denton. are you? 25. Okay. I never went to the well, one I'm, in Yeah, Denton. I'm 19, so I would have been. We always played Liberty in Argyle, if that helps. Yeah, that. so I was, yeah. I didn't go in Argyle. Okay. So that's why. So maybe it was that football field. I don't remember. But you would have been playing them when they were really good, I think. Yeah. Maybe not in baseball, but in football they were super good. Oh, football, they were, yeah. they were nasty. But they always had a pretty good baseball program, right? Mm-hmm. So you were heavy into baseball. Oh, dude, yeah. Played that, played select, tournament teams, trophy teams, all Were kinds you, of stuff. you were a second baseman. I was a catcher. Really? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have got that one. Is everybody always surprised when you say catcher? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Did you just have, what? yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean, you were probably pretty cat-like. I was way more agile. More? More. I guess I'm not familiar with your agility nowadays, but 
Yeah. I'll take your word for it. I don't showcase that often. Right. Right. I keep that one tucked away. Sure. Sure. I mean, I've heard people talk about it. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. On occasion. But I'm like, Hey, you know, break out an old fence jump or something. You know, Trenton from 613. They're like, Oh yeah. The real dude's super agile. You know what? I did have a guy tell me the other day. He actually commented on that. On your agility? In a weird way, yes. Huh. We were talking about Coke Fest, and he was like, oh, I remember you. You were the guy that like took off running and like put your hand on that gate and just like cleared it. And I was like, yeah. Ah, maybe you should use that for your marketing. I need a picture of me just clearing the gate. Dude, just straight Heisman pose. Take it again. Dude, player. just take it again. Holding your camera. Freaking, <laughs> ah. Yeah, he cracked me up. I was like, yeah, I must have been in the moment. <laughs> but... <laughs> Do you get hired by a bunch of festivals to yeah, shoot man. or do you, are you typically just with the artists that go? Um, both, both. So like a lot of times we'll do festivals and we'll get hired in and I'll bring like either me or a crew based on how big the festival is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll do it that way. Those are fun. I love festivals, man. They're, it's a different kind of energy than a concert. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I dig that. And then I would say, we get, we do go to a lot of festivals as well with artists, um, but you know it's more like it's obviously a smaller responsibility. Yeah, you know, I'm focused on capturing them and kind of the experience. And oh, the festival right. is like every everything all encompassing. We actually got a festival this weekend. What was this weekend? Um, this weekend we had a Wiggy Thump Festival, the Whiskey Myers Festival. I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> I know, right? Wiggy Thump. <laughs> Wiggy Thump. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. It's Wissy Myers Festival. Really? Where was it? Uh, Palestine. Like right outside Tyler. Close to Tyler. Yeah, I know where it is. Yeah. It was really cool. It was like 7,500 people there. No kidding. Yeah, it was great. I like, I'd, I'd never even heard of it. And then next weekend we've got, well, that was with the band though. And then, mm. so not the whole festival. Gotcha. And then next weekend we're shooting a whole festival, or this upcoming weekend, Troubadour Music Festival in Salina. Salina. Mm-hmm. Like Over a, there by Pilot Point? Yes. They have a festival in Salina? Mm-hmm. It's huh. sold out, too. Really? Yeah. It's What's it called? Be, it's uh, oh, the Troubadour Music Festival. Really? I think it's the Troubadour Music and Barbecue Festival, maybe. They've got like, I'd be lying to you if I told you the exact number, but it's like 20 to 40 different barbecue restaurants that are going to be there competing. So now you're, you're shooting that festival. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Yeah, who's all playing? Um, I think Josh Abbott, Pat Green, maybe Cody Canada or Mickey in the Motor Car. Yeah, they went all out, huh? Yeah, they've got some great names. Great names, yeah. great great restaurants. They're uh, really good people, man. They've man, stuff's hard to do. <sighs> Gosh, mighty. Stressful. Well, even uh, we just did, well, I say we, you organized the whole thing. We did a benefit down in Fort Worth for... Very much smaller scale than what we're buddy. talking about. Yeah, but still. And you had said that that was, you did a killer job too. I was quite yeah, impressed. Appreciate it, bro. And, uh, but that was the first time you'd ever really put something together like that. Oh yeah. Definite, definite uncharted territory. People just, just don't realize. And a lot of venues go through it where they'll have a cool place and they're like, man, we should have music. And then they go down that rabbit hole. They put oh, yeah. that first band. Mm-hmm. It's like they they get through the process of just even dealing with a booking agency, and Absolutely. they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Well, man, I'll be honest with you, dude. Everything happened for a reason with ours. It like just fell in line, mm-hmm. truly. Like 
there was no way it was going to be able to go off without a hitch in that short of time without just, you know, just grace of God in there somewhere. Totally. It was, it was awesome. It was a very special night. We had 15 artists play. Every artist was there for free. Like, uh, the bar, we were at Thirsty's, they were donating money back from the bar. Like it was, it was incredible, man. I feel like our world sometimes gets kind of dark and it was very nice to have a light, just a group of people there for the, for a right reason, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We we're raising money for a buddy of ours, you know, and, um, we were able to raise like 15 grand and dude, it was incredible. Like the benefit bash, the benefit bash. We're going to do it every year, right? We are. We are. This year, I think I'm going to do it a little different though. I think this year, um, I feel like obviously last year or this past year, it was easy because everybody that was involved knew who we were raising money for. Mm-hmm. But next year, if we're if we're doing it for a cause or something like that, people might not feel as invested, you know, if yeah. it's not something they 100% believe in. So I think what we're going to do this year is take it and split the, the money 50-50 because, you know, we'll have some more planning, hopefully. This year was we did it in like three and a half weeks. Yeah, from like, hey, let's do a fest or a, you know, not a festival. You're let's right. do an event to like day of was three and a half weeks, and it was just it was good for what we were working with. But in my opinion, not enough time. Very rushed. You know, for sure. a lot of stuff that we can do better next year. And I think one of those is as long as we have more promotion time, I think we'll have more people involved and more money raised, and I, hopefully every year just gets better and better. Mm-hmm. Right, it's the goal. Um, but, yeah, I wonder what we could uh, do it for. Well, for next year, kind of the goal will be take 50% and pick for one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me if we could do it for suicide awareness. Interesting. Apparently, it's, I mean, not apparently, it is a very big problem. Awareness? Um, yeah, basically like awareness or for, for companies that are, you know, helping prevent suicide or, you know, suicide hotlines or anything yeah. like that. I've had a few people come to me about that. Yeah, And to me, that would be something very close because suicide is, is rough. But to me, having everybody involved and feeling like they're a part of it, I would love to take 50%. And not saying it's going to be that, but take whatever we, we pick as a group and do it to them mm-hmm. or the person of the organization or whatever. And then the other 50% take and let each artist that's involved pick something they believe in. So oh, cool. Whether it's, you know, brain cancer research or, you know, military or whatever, make it to where we can go in and say, hey, this other 50%, we're going to take and divide it up amongst these 15 artists so that at the end of the event, we can go donate two or $3,000 on behalf of this artist to whatever they chose. That's super cool. That way, hopefully, if like you got on the site or whatever, it'd be like, you know, Jared Morris supporting Decatur Cancer Center or whatever it is. Sure. You know what I mean? Something that is close to your heart. Mm-hmm. That way, everybody would feel like they have a hand in yeah, that's where cool. the money goes. That's unique, too. I've never heard about anybody doing it quite like that. I haven't either, but I had the idea and I was like, man, it would be cool because it would be, it would be a way to get everybody involved and to help more than just one thing or one person or one group at one time. Yeah. So I dig it, but I appreciate you being there, man. It was, it was very cool. Well, there was a bunch of us. Yeah. There was a whole bunch of us. I mean, how many people played? 15. Yeah. We got a ton. It's crazy. There's a, it, and it was cool because it was all day, so people were kind of in and out of the bar. Yep. We did it at Old Filthies. Or, thirsties. no, Thirsties. Yeah, yeah, Thirsties. Yep. It was really, really awesome. Yeah. And it was cool because, like, everybody came in at night. The nighttime definitely was, you know, more packed in there. Sure. And then we trapped everybody because it started raining and no one wanted to leave. Yeah. No, 
I'm just kidding. That was just uh, all coincidental. Right. It was because well, I started funny. playing and then they tried to leave. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, you can't. You're going to have to stay here and listen to them. <laughs> You're going to have to. <laughs> so we planned it correctly. Yeah. You know, something like that. Well, your, your art is rain. Hey, I see what you did. Right. I like it. Just saying. Yeah. Intentional or not. Master yeah. brand. Yeah. I didn't think about rain. I didn't hit my band always jokes <laughs> and they'll just be like, they'll go like way over the top with that title and we'll be driving somewhere and it'll be raining or something. And they're like, they're like, man, I didn't even begin to even start to really even sort of kind of think about the rain. <laughs> they're like, they're like, that's what you should have named it. I didn't really even begin to sort of kind of think about it. The rain even maybe even kind of started. You should do that at concerts. <laughs> yeah. This next one, You're like, I wrote this song. It's uh, it's kind of sort of about, I mean, it was about the rain. It, it is, I guess about the rain. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I kind of really didn't really even think about it, you know, They'd to be, be totally honest. I finished the song and realized I wrote it about rain. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it. <laughs> don't you play? You play the guitar a little bit, don't you? Horribly. Yeah, we all kind of do in our own way. Mm-hmm. There's probably a list, though, of artists that I've begged to teach me how to play guitar. Really? Yeah. You haven't begged me. No, not yet. Will you send me another Instagram message? Yeah. Asking me, <laughs> you're a busy guy. You not, got me, not as busy as you. You couldn't have me and horses to take care of <laughs> out there taking care of horses and then trying to teach me how to play. That would be a full time job. You, me uh, how to play you came and videoed me shoeing mm-hmm. at one point. Very impressive, was it? Yeah, I don't know how you deal with those animals like that. So much bigger than you, and They're a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah, my favorite was like you were just talking to him, like it was a human. Hey, stop it, stop, stand still. Was I was I really being like? Yeah, I was being like straight up with him. You were being like, um, like strict dad with him. If you don't cut that out, uh, you, golly jeepers, <laughs> you little booger, you, you better cut it out. Yeah, it's funny you you talk to horses like most people talk to dogs. <laughs> That's I guess I've never, I guess I've never quite realized that. Yeah, I've never because it's natural. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, I do love them. I despise them a lot at the same time. <laughs> well, for your job, mm. it's a very interesting If you were grooming horses, you might love them. Yeah, probably. Uh, they're an interesting animal. You know, it, it is interesting to get so in tune with something that can't communicate with you. Right. And to be so, it teaches you a lot about yourself and just communication with other humans. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they can't communicate verbally, but they right. definitely communicate. Oh, they're communicating. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. It teaches you a tremendous amount about your own like body language and oh just gosh. what you're, you know. So it's it's even like, I mean, you're arguing with your wife or something. It's like you wouldn't even have to say anything mm-hmm. for the, to make them feel bad. True. And you're like, you're like, what did I do? They're like, you're just being mean today. What did I say? They're like, it's just the way your body language. It's just like, look at how you're sitting. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? I didn't know. My bad. How did you say that? Both my fists are clenched. <laughs> I saw you kind of clenching up over there. Yeah. So it did, the horses teach you a lot about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, you were kind of sketched out when we were doing that hind foot because you had your camera like right there. Oh, yeah. And you're like, so this thing could, I mean, at any moment, could it just? And I was like, oh, yeah. See, I, I have a different voice there than earlier. You were like, uh, this is how you sounded. You said, uh, Hey, so can like thank this you. thing. Thank, like. you, thank you. I just want to keep it consistent <laughs> for the viewers and listeners. Uh, what what is that called? Uh, 
when in video it has continuity. Continuity. That's a big word. That that's a isn't yeah. that a film word? If you're playing Scrabble, you just won. <laughs> that would be a big one. Uh, but I think X and Z counts for the most in Scrabble. I think so. I don't Scrabble enough. Well, shouldn't have brought it up. Okay. <laughs> this sounds intense with you. Do you Scrabble often? I'm a big Scrabbler. Really? Yeah. Big Scrabbler. Big for big money scrabbler. or for? Yeah, I mean it's for usually cash. <laughs> I do. Do you play poker? No. Well, I used to. Yeah, I thought you told me you did. My brother plays a ton of poker. Okay. He'd hurt me for saying that on here, but whatever. He knows it. It's okay. We don't got to use his name. No. But it is your brother, and he's addicted to poker. Yeah, he didn't have the same last name as me, though, so you can't find it. He has a gambling problem. No, I don't. I wouldn't say. say I mean, I don't want to say that out loud, but I mean, you know, he's got a gambling problem. Well, his friends are there, and he likes to hang out with his friends a lot, you know? (laughs) Does he just play online? No. He plays live. Yeah, he plays live everywhere. So I'm so glad that I'm busy because <laughs> I would just play incessantly. I love playing. Really? Oh, I love it. What do you love about it? I like the mental. It's not even really as much about the money. The money represents the the mental battle. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just the representation of it. Absolutely. I bet. I think I know why you like it. I think I think you enjoy it because you like reading people. Uh-huh. And oh, we've talked about this. Absolutely. And I think when you're playing poker, it's that's all you're doing is reading people, right? You're acutely aware of just people's. You pick up on things habit-wise or like that dude's biting his, you know, he's biting his cuticle or whatever. I've huh. done that only a few times. Like, I wonder what that is. Like, it causes you to be very, very aware, I feel like, of your situation, your uh-huh. surroundings. So that's probably why you like to play too because we're very similar in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, I do enjoy that part of it. You even explained it to me in a way that I haven't ever realized. Didn't you call it like an empath or something? Yeah, there's like an old word for people that basically, not to get all like, you know, voodoo-y, but people that basically like... I'm going to start reading your palm in a second. (laughs) I'll break out my tarot cards. (laughs) Start mapping the stars. Anyways. (laughs) But there's an old word for people that, you know... Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it without sounding weird, but like, I guess when you walk into a room, instead of just visually like seeing it, you can kind of feel the emotion in the room, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like a, people say vibe all the time, feel the vibe in the room. Yeah. That's uh, back in the old day, people called them impasse. And it was, it was a way to basically, uh, it's, you're talking about body language. That's what it is. It's, it's basically everything that's not being said. Yeah, you've you've described it as walking in a room and you almost can like see a like an aura around somebody. Yeah, you can walk in and feel like that person oh. had a bad day. Yeah, or the the whole room's having a bad day, mm-hmm. which is also interesting. Creates a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I actually don't know how you do it as a musician. I think a lot of them have it. That's why they are typically like anxious and socially a little bit awkward. Absolutely. Especially the people, I think, musician-wise, that, you know, they really vibe off the energy of the room, probably mm-hmm. relate to that a lot. Because if yeah. you have a down room and quiet, it's very hard to, like, I say, it looks very hard to overcome that quiet and be like, yo, I know y'all are quiet right now, but we're still going to rock. Yeah, to be the life of the party. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nerve-wracking. Yeah, that would be, that would be hard. The other thing, uh, Good buddies with um, Sam Riggs, and I was talking to him during COVID. I was he went to a show where they had masks, 
I said, how was that? He told me, he's like, the hardest part was not seeing if people were enjoying it or not. Mm. And I was like, oh man, I didn't even think about that. You think about comedians. Oh gosh. You just hear laughter. Dude, you just like, you can't even, it's just like maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe their eyes. <laughs> yeah. I had someone tell me the other day. Yeah. I wear this mask. So I've been laughing with my eyes. Yeah. It's like, bro, stop. We can get wrinkles that way. Too yeah. much more COVID. Be careful. Yeah. Be careful, people. Yeah. This is going to turn into a PSA. <laughs> that could be our benefit. Absolutely. Less wrinkles. Less wrinkles. You know, we have an epidemic of wrinkly eyes out there because people have been smiling with their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's getting dangerous, people. Due to the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot of nimics in there. Dude, it is. What is Demic? Uh, it's probably Greek for something. You're asking the wrong guy. Remember the whole two years of college thing and then Demic? dropped out? Mike would know. Mike, what is Demic? It's probably Greek for something. I know he knows. He has to know. He always knows that type of stuff. <laughs> well, actually. Everybody has somebody in their life that that's, it's their phone a friend. Yeah, I would be like, well, actually, I mean, I think it was for hinges on a door. And who's he'd your, be like, actually. Who's your who wants to be a millionaire one call? I might be Mike. Really? Yeah. For people that don't know, Mike plays fiddle for me, and he helps me with a bunch of management stuff, and he's my right-hand man. But he he might be one of my calls, or my dad. That dude is on it. I have something to admit about Mike. I didn't know Mike's last name, so in my phone, he's Mike with Jared. That's hot. (laughs) I do apologize. We can fix it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad about that. I'll put... What, like the context of where I met somebody? Oh, absolutely. So it would be like, you know, Mike Fiddle Player that I met at Thirsty Armadillo three years ago on mm-hmm. this date. And that'll be like the whole first name. Well, okay. And then it becomes sentimental and you're just like, I could change it, but why? Dude, I have uh it's a bit of a confessional. I don't know if she'll watch this, but one of my wife's That's what these tapes are for. One of my wife's friends uh, is a barrel racer. And I met her through my wife and I've shot her horses for five years now or something. And now I'm really good friends with her husband. Uh, so but you sh- shot? Shod. Shod. Yeah. Like past tense. Shoe. To shoe. To shoe a horse. It's like past tense. You say like you shot it with a D. Got it. it does so, trip some people out. So the word shoddy is completely strange. Shoddy? Like shoddy work? <laughs> I got lost on that one. Can okay. you explain? That was my nervous smile. There's just a lot of <laughs> a lot of terms right there that could. Yeah, I that's get a confusing it. word. Anyway, yeah. I didn't mean to. I'm wearing turquoise shoes too. Yeah, you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah, you it comes that, with the territory. No boots thing, huh? No boots, bro. I wear boots sometimes. Um, only wear them when I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a new song out. So, anyways, quick plug. Uh, got a new book out. It's called I Only Wear Them When I'm Working. <laughs> you can get it on most uh, most platforms. Um, anyways, this girl, I've shot her horses for like five years. Real good friends with my wife. We're all good for good friends. But I just still have her in my phone as Lauren Barrel Racer. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I, don't, it now? I don't want to change it because it has like, it has a nostalgia attack, attached to it. You know Shane Hudson, the guitar player for Dustin Massey? Uh-huh. He's saved in my phone as Shane Dustin guitar. Yeah, there's like something that kind of reminds you. And there's no need to change it. Yeah. It just works. Yeah. I know his last name. We could put it in there, but why now? Yeah, why now? Why change it? Why change a good thing? Yeah, when Apple's like, update contact? No. <laughs> Leave it alone. 
Uh, boy, I'm awful about updating stuff on those. Yeah. It's like a weird mental block. You know, where it's why? like somehow I'm staying in control because like they're like you need to update this. I'm like, no, I don't. I was about to say it's because you can't see anything on your phone, but it looks like you got a new phone. No, no, it's still pretty bad. <laughs> What's happening there? <laughs> it's really unbelievable. Like, dude, look, the, it doesn't even watch my case. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's my talk, wife. Let's my, talk about this. For my a wife this morning, my alarm went off this. and she reached over and grabbed my phone and she, she, but she's laying on her back. So she, she held up my phone to turn off the alarm and the phone fell straight out of the case and just smashed her in the face. And she was like. Why is there like, you're unbelievable. Is that like a silhouette in the background? That's what I'm struggling with. A silhouette? Yeah, see how it's like mirrored? It's like doubled? Yeah, well, I've dropped it so many times. I mean, look at the back of that thing. You know, like those old photos where like they're here and then like their head is also floating (laughs) back up here. (laughs) Yeah, that's my phone. I I think it adds to uh, creativity. Let's talk about this for a second. Keeps my mind open. I Man, I have weird quirks like that. Like I just refuse to fix certain things or... Oh, all bunch. Yeah. It's just so weird. Mm-hmm. Even like software updates, you know how it like tells you you need to update it. I just refuse to do it. But that's a tool for you. It's just such a weird... <laughs> I wonder if it's a control thing. Is it? I don't know, man. Are you scared of change? Help me with this. I don't think I am. No? Well, I mean, my new album is going to be called Running on Change. Quick plug. What? <laughs> See me do that camera shot? Yeah. You zoom in when I do it? Pop in, pop out. <laughs> uh, I see you're more organized than that. I think I feel like you would be OCD about that type of stuff. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't fly. I like to, my wife probably hates it, but we like to keep our house looking like no one lives there. Uh, I enjoy that. I don't know why. It's just my OCD. You know they say about That's creative people real. that they're super messy. Nope. Messy in my brain, but <laughs> outwards is very clean. <laughs> I, I feel I, I, it seems like the creativity thing, it's like order in the chaos kind of thing. Mm. Creatives are very interesting people, I've learned, and everybody has their own quirks. Yes. You know what I'm not? You're an artist. Uh huh. You're yeah. a quirky guy. <laughs> I think you could emphasize that cue even more for me. I'm talking like. Quirky. Yeah, I put the Q in turquoise shoes. Dude, quirky. Yeah. About as quirky as it gets. But I do have the, in common with you, the the feeling, the empath thing. Mm. It's interesting. Like walking into a room, if it's a party or something. Yeah. Oh, I can be talking to somebody and be totally engaged. I'm engaged Mm -hmm. in the conversation, but I can, like, I can sense, like, there's somebody over there. They're sort of bickering with their girlfriend. He's mad. I I might not even talk to them all night, but I start developing anxiety. Or I see somebody over here that just, I can tell they feel uncomfortable and they're awkward and they don't have anybody to talk to. And I start feeling like anxious for them. And I'm like, I need to go talk to them. Make Does your wife ever catch you doing it? Yeah. Yeah, mine too. She's like, are you listening to me? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Do you, do you space out a little bit more though? It's not necessarily space as I am paying attention to other conversations in uh, the room. That's called spacing out. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. 
I'm a space cadet. Because you're not being engaged. Then yeah, I'm a space cadet all the way. Like where you just your eyes kind of glaze over. Yeah, but I am paying I am paying attention mm. to something. <laughs> yeah, just not you. Yeah, I'm on the B camera though. I switch back to A cam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a technical joke. Toggle. Yeah. Toggle. Toggle B cam. Did you did you teach yourself uh most of like the actual camera? elements of what yes. you do because you got formal education for marketing but then you had to teach yourself and i would say formal education is very light really because when i was in school i mean i only went two years things probably changed in the other two years so i've heard mm-hmm. I haven't experienced that myself but i know in the two years i was there it felt like we were recapping subjects that we'd already done in high school like we hadn't actually dove into creative or dove into marketing we were still like you know, like they always say your core classes. It was like rounding out the end of my core classes before before I left. Yeah, so it's like you don't even really get into any sort of meat on what you're trying to do. Mm-mm. It feels like they just, they've just pushed off high school into college. Yeah, I feel like I learned. So now you just got to get your master's degree. Right. To learn what you really want to learn. Yeah. It's like, and then go get a job where you don't use it. Yeah, I'm the type like. When you're a freshman in high school, why don't you just start figuring out what you want to do? No joke. So much wasted time. We're talking my, about eight years. I told my mom when I was little, like I wanted to go to school for marketing. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you know what that was at the time? I did. What did you think it was? At the time, I thought it was, uh, what I saw it as as the time, at the time was basically your brand's communication with people like with your audience, like the way that they see your brand. (laughs) That was my moment of spacing out. So like in the middle of what you were saying, I I was wondering what was going on. I could, Mike, for people that can't see Mike just cracked open an ice cold cruiser over there, but I could feel him being uncomfortable and he had that beer over there. So if this beer, and he just gradually, and I wanted to stop you and just be like, Michael, open the beer. I wish you would have, <laughs> but I, I do know something about you that you would prefer if this was Bush. Yeah. Bush latte. Yeah. Man, I had to, um, you need to put that at the beginning of one of your songs. Like, you know, Bush latte or psh, psh. it's like real quiet in the background, like an ad lib, but I'm talking quiet. Not enough for the people to hear it. <laughs> That's too quiet. Maybe a little too creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do it. Hey, we could loop it. We could just get like, whoosh, and then I could put it like as a loop. On, I'm going to do that on a song. It's like, uh, you and no one will really know which one, but it'll be on like a little, it'll be looped on there, like tucked into like some percussion stuff. Whoosh. You ever heard that Steven Tyler thing, the sugar packets, the salt packets? No. Really? I've heard Billie Eilish, her brother's a producer, Phineas, and he does some pretty wild stuff with like real organic sounds. Yeah. What's the Steven Tyler one? Um, man, what's one of their huge songs? Wow, it's gonna escape me. Mm. Dream on. No. Oh, what other Aerosmith song is there? You look up the Aerosmith songs, and he uses a a sugar packet. They were something about they didn't have like a shaker in the studio, and. Apparently, like the story goes, I've been told this story like a folktale, but thank you. 
That's it. That's a jam too. That's it. And if you ever listen to it, it's real the quiet in just the background. A, mm. And he apparently just like stood there next to the mic with these two sugar or salt packets. I can't remember. And just shook them. That's killer. The other one that I had a, I love music history, little blurbs. Hmm. You know the song Sweet Home Alabama? What? Which one is? Yeah, right. Is that? Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, I'm trying to. Can Skinnerd. You... Skinnerd. Skinnerd. Yeah, Skinnerd. those dudes. Well, they were a band. Yeah. Kind of well known. Was that? Can you? <laughs> Gosh dang it, I wanted to go. Stupid. <laughs> Mike had to start giggling. Um, if you ever just want something fun, four minutes and ten seconds, go to that point in the song and let it play. Of which point? Of the Leonard Skinner song. Which part though? Sweet Home Alabama. Because four minutes I'm and not ten seconds listen up to four ten. No, I'm no. gonna go directly to four ten. Go to four ten and then immediately turn it off and listen to it <laughs> for like five seconds and you'll hear it. And what is it? Uh, apparently, Van Zant was in the studio doing the vocals uh-huh. for that song, and he had brought in like a box of glazed donuts because apparently, like the oil that's in them, like lubricates your vocal cords, help you sing. Yeah, I didn't know that. Not a singer, huh? But. Apparently brought them in, had them sitting out like in the main room and saw the lights turn on while he's recording vocals and it was his band coming in. And the band comes in and starts eating these donuts. Well, very quietly at four minutes and 10 seconds, you hear Van Zant go, oh, goddamn, my donuts. <laughs> and they left it in the song. Really? Mm-hmm. And I've heard that song a million times and I never heard it. And I had a guy show me and I was like, oh my gosh, how many people know this? No kidding. It's been like my favorite little piece of music what's your other history. best music history that's all i got right now try me again tomorrow <laughs> might have some more well i don't know if uh did they tell you that we are doing we're doing a podcast every day for how many days consecutively it's gonna be 47 days in a row i had my calendar marked for 27 so uh yeah could have been a typo you're probably gonna want to adjust and you're also gonna want your parents to sign off on that calendar i'll text mike with jared and let him know that that's wrong that's probably why you got it wrong is because you forged your parents' signatures when you were a kid, so now you're not getting your calendar right. They're still signing my stuff, though. Worst thing about that was I didn't really mind writing the Bible verses as punishment, but it was just that they would pick ones that were very short. So very repetitive. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all Maybe things even short. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Like, why couldn't you pick one that was like a good run on? Yeah. You know, like from Paul. <laughs> Paul loved prepositions. Give me a rant. Yeah. I mean, dude, the dude's sentences were paragraphs. It's like, that would have been a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, you write it. You write one of the Ten Commandments for 45 minutes straight. Going to remember it, you know? Yeah. Going to remember it. Did you do it again? You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. But did you do it again? Not get my agenda signed. Mm-hmm. You have trouble. Yeah, every day. Every day. It's like my brother, my senior, his senior year, our senior year, he got written up like it was over forty five times for falling asleep in class. Mm. It's actually impressive. Falling asleep. Yeah. Granted, I will say in his defense, we were taking a. Oh man, what was the? It was like a kind of a criminal justice, like entry to criminal justice kind of thing, like a forensic science kind of class. And every day, no joke, she would just roll the TV in and turn CSI on. Mm. Yeah, what it, he'd, they'd write you up for falling asleep in that? Yeah. Write them up. I know. Not teaching. No joke. And then they'd give us like a, a piece of paper and be like, can you 
detail the things that were not accurate. Very oh. rough. Boy, we wonder why. Just I've seen so many CSIs. Don't know how to do though. anything. CSI, CIS's, NCIS's, you know, all the shows. There's a lot of those now that I start listing them. I feel like you like crime shows. Oh, yeah. Do you like scary stuff? Nope. None. What would be your advice to an artist um, starting out? Mm hmm. Like a musician, mm -hmm. what's like? What's like a few of the things that they do wrong? I don't know if there's anything you do wrong. Okay, say, what's a few things that they should do as absolute musts, and what's some things that are kind of unnecessary when they're first starting out? Like if you're a songwriter, yeah, you're in Fort Worth, Texas. Man, I can speak to the brand side because I mean that's kind of where my brain stays. You know, mm -hmm. musically. Not so much my territory. Sure. But I mean, you got, as, yeah, you got to write good stuff. As but. far as, of course, got to yeah. have, got to have the heaters, but <laughs> got to bring those bops, those straight B bops, all the lo-fi bops, dude, bops. <laughs> I almost said it again. <laughs> People are going to be it's like, it's one of those words, man. Too many times. Uh, Turning this podcast off. They said bops eight times. What was that song we were listening to the other day in the van? Mike, bop. What's that old country tune? Dan Seals. How does that go? Gonna be bop, gonna be bop with you, baby. Oh, what a great word. Look, oh, listen, that's all you need. You know, they were stone cold musicians if they had a keytar. If you got a keytar in there, you're talking straight bops. Only, only bops. Actually, the word heater is very funny. Um, <laughs> I gotta tell you about this. I wish you would have stopped. Actually, the word heater is very funny. <laughs> you just stared at me. We Actually, were, this word is this word is heater, and it is quite funny. We were hunting with this dude, and he was from like uh, like northern Nevada area, Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. And he, we were I had this song on. And I was like, "Man, this song, this is a heater." And he goes, "You mean a jammer?" <laughs> sure, I actually yeah. like that one more. A jam up tune. This is a jam up tune. Right it's just here. a jammer. A jammer. Just a jammer. A jammer and a heater. Yeah. He replaced heater with jammer. And I was like, okay, I can get down with that. What about a jeter? That's a move. Dude, no. You combine them. It's, a baseball it's just move. a freaking hammer. <laughs> it's a hammer. Dude, this is a hammer. Drop the hammer on him. Dude, this is a, this is a freaking, it's a hammer bop if I've ever heard one. We have, we have severely gotten off the topic. I don't know what we were talking about. We were talking about brands. Dude, what <laughs> what yeah, what what should musicians do, songwriters do to be successful? Not have these conversations. Now that y'all know the entire context behind the word bop. Look, you just gotta write hammer bops. <laughs> if you don't have a shirt that says hammer bops only. <laughs> Mike with Jerry, can you write this down? Write that one down. Hammer bops. Hammer bops only. Hammer bops only. Dude, that sounds not like something I want to wear. <laughs> oh man. Um so Good right stuff. so first on the list is write hammer bops. Gotta write hammer bops. And then after that, you gotta have solid brand. Right. To me, it's like if you're gonna start a business, right? You gotta have every piece of it cohesive. It's like I always use the example of Home Depot. Everybody's familiar with Home Depot. Mm -hmm. 
You go into Home Depot, you expect to see Home Depot Orange with their little Home Depot logo. Go to their Twitter page whenever you leave Home Depot. If Home Depot has a Twitter, they might be hip like that. You expect to see that same orange Home Depot. Yeah. Right? Because it's brandable. It's recognizable. Anytime you see that orange, you're like, ah, it's Home Depot. Mm -hmm. I always tell artists, my advice is make sure you know what that brand looks like before you start printing things, before you start sending things out. Um, I have two pieces of advice. The first one is the brand. I would say if you could get, spend time on your brand like it's the foundation to your house. Because once you create your brand, it's got to be through photo, through video, through everything. And I feel like it's so important because your brand is what people get to know you by. And I feel like you have to do some reflecting on your brand because some people go, this is cool. And they throw it out there. But if it doesn't match them and their image, if it doesn't match their music, it's a curveball for the audience. Because they're listening to this hammer bop and they're like, man, this is a jammer. Yeah. And then they go look and it doesn't match. Yeah, it doesn't have a hammer or a bop anywhere in the branding. Yeah, none, none. How are you going to write hammer bops and not? Do you, do you, do you get pushback or maybe apprehension from, from musicians in that area? Only when I give them, I always throw out this exercise that I recommend for everybody. And it was because we used to do it when I was with that tech company yeah but if you can imagine taking a piece of paper and listing out as many adjectives or as many things that you could think of that you would want someone to use to describe your brand interesting which sounds rudimentary but like if you were going to describe in a big nashville artist like if you were going to describe luke combs in 20 words whoa right what yeah. words would you write down yeah if you were going to go tell somebody if you hey I just went and saw this Jerry Morris guy. You got to go see his show because of sure what follows that. Yeah. I feel like that is your brand. And I feel like a lot of times musicians are, they have good songs, so they get very excited and they tend to blow past the brand side and just boom, here's Why my songs. Why do you songs. think that is? Because it's not their focus, right? Why do you think it's not their focus? Because they're musicians, not graphic designers. Okay. Right. That's why to me, you have somebody that is a third party come in and help you with your brand. Okay. Because I can, you can look at me and go, man, I'm really thinking pink and black and white. And I'm going to go, do you think that is what people are going to see like on and off stage and all that? If so, cool. Mm -hmm. Right. But you want that to match. Mm. To me, when you have someone believe in your brand, they listen to your music. They know, they feel like they know who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. From a, whether it's social media or at the merch booth or whatever, they feel like they know who you are. All of that matches. And then the branding matches, the music matches, the show matches, the merch matches. Everything's cohesive. It's like you expect that Home Depot orange. So it seems like the apprehension is that a lot of artists view that as anti I guess they, they view that as like mainstream or commercial or like commercialized. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's, and it's for them, it has to all be about the art. But what they're forgetting is that somebody creating all of that and making all of that cohesive, cohesive is an art form in and of itself. How many senses do you have? Exactly. They're engaging with you right now, auditory, right? Which is great. And visually. Well, just do the music, just auditory. Right, right. Right. If you want them to, in my mind, really have that stick. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
if I blindfolded you and turned a movie on, and I just listen, let you listen to the audio of the movie, and it was a war movie, yeah, right? And then you took that bandana off, and they were in space. You'd be like, what just happened? That's, sure. that's not what I was hearing. Yeah, that's Same thing to me. If I, if I blindfold you and I play your music, whatever that is in your head, that's what people expect to see. That's what people expect to live because it's relatable. It's yeah. understandable. It confuses people, in my opinion, whenever you do hear it and you take that bandana off and they're in space. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? I thought that was war. But I get talking to a lot of people, they get so much pushback on, they, they think that, they think that coming up with, you know, good branding or telling, telling a, sto- a story and selling a culture and doing that is all, it's like almost dirty to them. Mm-mm-mm. Like a lot of artists that I talk to, really? which I don't know if it, it kind of comes off a little bit more as just an excuse in my opinion, because it does require work. It it's requires more work. It's a hindrance. Yeah, totally. In my opinion. But like working with somebody like you and coming up with cool photography ideas, cool video ideas, like what's this, you know, what's our graphic design going to be? What's the color scheme? All of that's an art form in and of itself because you're just communing a, communicating a story on top of the music. Right. And the songs are already kind of about stories and communicating your Absolutely. feelings and emotions. But then the graphic design and the photos and the videos, that's all communing, communicating in an emotion and a feeling as well. It's just in a different form. Yes. So I don't know why they like look at it as commercialized or I think, I think you're right. I think it's frustrating because there's a lot of guys who are super talented that that is what holds them back. I know. I know a lot of them. Like, no man, I'm just a songwriter. It's Mm -hmm. like, gosh, you're so good though, but you're just not, I wish it could get out to people in a more uh, palatable way. I don't know, man. I think it's so important. Again, it's like the foundation for your house. Uh, I mean, build, build a solid foundation. The other thing is saves you money. Because let's say you're a new up and coming band, you get this brand rolling, you go print five five grand in merch, mm. and you take it out on the road with you, and you got stickers and you got koozies, and now you got business cards that you're passing out, you got posters, all of it, right? And then a year later, you're like, that brand is way too country. What are we doing? Huh? You flip that whole brand. Ah. You go spend money to redo your website, redo your media, rebrand your social, redo all your merch. It's like a once you start folding, you have to un- unfold everything and kind of like refold it all back. Ah. So to me, I tell people do it because it's cheap. Do it now. You know, one of the people that I think is steady Eddie with his brand and has been is Parker. Yeah. Might be a little biased, but I mean, if you look at his branding from the beginning, I feel like it's been so steady and it's never wavered. And I feel like that's why people connect with it because they're like, they see that gold PM. It's like the Orange Home Depot. Hey, man, it is tough. It's tough to be that consistent. Very much so. Because somebody like that's even consistent with the music too. And when you write songs and create, a lot of times you want to do stuff that's different. Oh, yeah. But you do have to be aware of like a person, like a fan or somebody that listens to your music isn't with you every day. They only catch snippets of your life. And it's like you show up one day and you're playing this type of music and then the very next day you're putting out this stuff that's like out of left field. It's just super confusing. Oh yeah, and you're asking a lot of a consumer because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, artists that I like, if they do that, they kind of have to. If they're going to make a change, like they kind of slowly lean, gotta, lean into it. Yeah, and then if they just come out, bam! It's like what just happened? Well, yeah, yeah. It's going into Home Depot and seeing everything's purple. Mm. You're like, am I in the right spot? Mm. To me, and so that would be my first piece of advice. 
second kind of falls right into the same thing. And it's uh, no, like with some of these, like for artists, some of these venues, some of these people, some of like the big key players in the scene, sometimes you only get one shot with those dudes. So a lot of people, I feel like, reach out on Instagram, just like I did with you, right? And it's great. However, if my brand is not right when I do that, when they go back to click on my page, they go, wait, what's happening? So to me, it's like you get one shot with those guys because then you might redo your whole brand within six months and email that guy back and be like, hey, man, this is Jared again. I wanted to see if I could come play. And he sees the email and he goes, yeah, I saw this guy already. Mm. Right? Because he saw you six months ago before you redid your brand and got it all together and everything's working, right? It looks like you have a label behind you without a label. Mm. And I always feel like if you can have that cohesiveness and have your branding and your imagery and all your music in line, then you go approach venues. And then I feel like that one shot is its a greater chance of working out. And that might all just be perspective, but I'm looking at it from a third, you know, outsider's perspective, someone who's not a musician, but something that I feel like I see a lot of and I hear venues say, oh, yeah, I know that guy. And I'm like, ah, oh, but you don't. Ah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They already, yeah, it's the first impression thing. Absolutely. And They're think so about powerful. how many artists are reaching out to them. Yeah. You know, they're probably getting spam. I'd love to come play all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's that. It's like a job application. Like you skim, everything checks out. Okay, cool. Let's, let's keep talking. But yeah. No no socials. They don't have a logo. No full. Do they have a full band? I can't tell. Next. Yeah. Right. Boy, that's the cold hard truth right there. Yeah. A lot of people would get uncomfortable with that. Maybe. You tell a lot of guys that? Because it's totally true. What? What you're saying right now. About full band? No, not that specifically. Oh. But just like. You got to have some stuff put together. Oh, yeah. You have to have Absolutely. a presentation. <laughs> I'm not a not really great with gray area, so I tend to shoot pretty straight with people, even though it might be a little hurtful. Yeah, that's great with creative people. Yep. Because they're not, they're not sensitive <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> no. Not it's at great. all. Like, you've hurt my feelings at least a dozen times today. I expected that coming into here, though. <laughs> I'm going to go cry about mine later, too, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, well, you know, I could sense that. Mm-hmm. I could see that aura around you. The voice hurt me. Dude, I'm feeling self-conscious. How do I say that word? Hmm. Aura. I've I feel like I'm it. saying aura. I've already said it, aura. Aura. But that I think sounds fancy. It might be wrong. It's like oil. Again, two years of college. No. Is it oil or oil? Aura. No, no. <laughs> uh, to be clear, to be fair, I moved on to another word. I know you didn't. I okay. just wanted to mess with you. Well, now I'm super self-conscious. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well... Trent Ohm, how many people are you working with right now? And do you have some people that are working underneath you that you can like help facilitate a bunch of different guys? You saying like I guess are you are you open to like working with more people right now? Absolutely. Or are you like pretty jammed up? No, we've got a 
thankfully I've got two other guys that help me out and like we all have our own projects as well but we come together on big big things to really like put our minds together sure it's fun yeah and we have a ton of fun with it and so that's always nice because having people that I trust and having people that I know can go out and deliver a product to a client that is you know somewhere in the same area as what their expectations would be Mm -hmm. um that's super important and I feel like that's the key to growing this kind of business it's very hard to replicate a creative business it's like one of the hardest things ever. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I've, it's not like the other companies I work for. It's very, very different. Yeah. But it's very, it's very cool. And I have two guys that work with me that are like just very, very good at what they do and very strong minded. And it's cool because we all work in different ways. Like I, I approach the situation, you know, like this. One person's like this, one person's like this, and it's cool because we're thinking about the same project, but we're all bringing our little spin or our flavor to it. Yeah, so if anybody wants to do, like, what 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 would be the description of all of the things that you do and handle? I would say, like, the core of it would be video, photo, and graphics. Okay. Um, however, we do a lot of, like, you know, marketing as well. So website building, newsletter management, um, SEO, mm-hmm. right? AdWords, that kind of stuff. Things that kind of from the past that I just picked up and not necessarily things that are always in the music uh, industry, mm-hmm. but stuff that I think could work for the music industry. Totally. And so that's kind of been fun too, is trying some things that are a little bit different. Cool. Marketing wise. So would they, like what's the best way to get a hold of you? Or then holler at me on the email, Instagram. Instagram, social media and stuff, pretty easy. 613 Media. You probably have a website though, right? Kind of. <laughs> I love that you don't have a website. You ready for this? This is hysterical. It I started, don't know. It started out like a social experiment and it has just turned into like this piece of hysterity. Okay. But like I, I've got to work with some pretty like reputable brands and like bands and stuff that I would think will take that stuff into very heavy consideration. Yeah. And my background as the director of marketing for two companies, like that's rule 101, make a website. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I start my business, I, I make my website, my logo. 100%. Go. So when I started it, I was like, I wonder what word of mouth will get me. Oh, so you like made it a point not to do it at first. Okay. At first. At first, it was like, let's just see. And because I mean, my brain coming from that background immediately shifted to make a site. However, it just started getting really busy. And I got to a point back in like 2019 where I had thought about putting a site up. And I was actually a little worried that if I put a site up, it would drive more business that I'd have to turn down. Oh, okay. So I told myself until I expanded my team, uh, why do it? Like I'm, yeah. I'm good right this moment. And everything's been word of mouth, which is super, super powerful to me because it goes as like... My jobs I had out of college, that's what they hope for. They long for word-of-mouth advertising. You hope that you create all of this visual branding and graphics and all of that to lead to long-term word-of-mouth advertising. It was very, very ass-backwards. Yeah, but you got to be like super honest with yourself. Oh, yeah. Because you can fool yourself quite a bit online. 100%. Into thinking that you got more stuff going on than when it really comes down to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so... To me, it had become like this 
funny thing of like, <laughs> I don't have a site. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And since I've been in business, I've built maybe 10 or 15 websites for other clients. And customers. <laughs> I just, every time I go to mine, I'm just like, whatever. However, <laughs> I, I will say I, I'm also, uh, the worst critic of my art. So like, for example, uh, the lightning bolt and the 613, like with the, the lightning, I don't know if you've seen the new stuff that I've kind of changed it to, uh-huh. but I sat on that stuff for six months because I was just like picking it apart mm. like musicians do. Mm-hmm. And we do it in the same way, just different sense. Yeah. And so just picking it apart, like how could this be better and blah, 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 blah. And just trying to make it better. And I finally was like, what, am, what are you doing? You've loved this for Isn't six months. Isn't it frustrating though, how there could be something like that other people think is just so simple and doesn't matter. And we're just like, move this over here. And then somebody will be like, what'd you change? Yeah. You're like, are you kidding me? I know. So I move this dot over here. I know it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. I see it all the time. It's creative. I think it makes a difference though. It does. People just don't know. They're subconsciously analyzing that stuff. They just haven't realized that they are. Obviously, it's subconscious, but. but. Well, it's like songwriting. Yeah. I mean, you could tell, you could show somebody one version and then show them the other version, and they're like, you, you could say, pick out what's different. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, I don't, they sound the same. Right. But when you say, which one do you like more? Yes. They would pick one. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. But they don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just been been interesting now at this point yeah i'm building a site right this moment i just with the new logos and branding and all that came the site afterwards now that i actually have people to that are helping and like i don't have to just say hey if i'm busy this one weekend sorry sure you know i can kind of fact check it through a couple people and see if we're good and open or whatever yeah now that that's done and in place i do feel like it's important and so kind of made a little bit more time to do it well yeah, the reason I was asking that was just people getting a hold of you. Yeah. But Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, super easy. Uh, What's your email? Trenton at 613.media. Trenton at 613media. Trenton at 613media. Dot, dot media. No dot com. Trenton at 613media. Dot media. <laughs> Remember that dot where you're like, it makes such a difference? Yeah, I was moving the dot to the back. <laughs> I thought it was more artistic. It's creative. I took, I took artistic liberties there. <laughs> All right, man. Trenton. Thanks for doing it. Bro, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. We got a bunch of cool stuff coming out together, actually. Yeah, we do. Trenton shot a bunch of video stuff for me. We got a docu-series. We're actually going to do some editing here in the next couple weeks. Yes. It's going to yes. be cool. Yeah, me and you, oh, Alicio. Mm-hmm. We don't knock it out. Yep. Heck yeah, cool. dude. Thanks for coming out here. Bro, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. 613media.media. Media. Jared Morris. <laughs> beautiful cowboy. Jared Morris. Jared Morris.